Peterson Financial Group is an independent financial services firm that helps people create retirement strategies every day using a variety of insurance and investment products to meet their specific goals. We are not permitted to offer and no statement made during the show shall constitute tax or legal advice. You should talk to a qualified professional before making any decisions about your personal situation. The information presented is not a solicitation for the purchase or sale of securities or investment strategies. We are not affiliated with the U.S. government or any governmental agency. Investment advisory services offered through Peterson Financial Group, Inc., a registered investment advisor. This is the Retirement Ready Podcast with President and Founder Eric Peterson of Peterson Financial Group, Iowa's retirement specialists with an office in West Des Moines. It's time to make sure that you're retirement ready. Eric, let's talk about fine print and how people often make mistakes by not reading the fine print or not paying enough attention to some of the details in their financial plan. So uh, I'm sure you've heard some of these statements before. Tell us about them. I just got a big rate increase on my long-term care insurance. You know, didn't expect to have that happen. Right. When you're presented with long-term care, they always present you with, you know, hopefully they're presenting you with, you know, three different companies and things like that. When you look at it, you say, okay, I can afford that. You know, let's say it's $200 a month for my policy. You know, that's doable. And then all of a sudden, you know, you get into it and, you know, a few years later, all of a sudden they're raising it to 250 a month. You're like, wait a minute, I didn't think it was going to go up. Most people don't think insurance goes up, but a lot of insurances do. Think about car insurance, automobile insurance, homeowners insurance, those go up. But long-term care is a unique one because when they raise them, they raise them quite a bit. And I've always made the argument that the insurance companies back in the day didn't price it correctly because the experience, the loss experience has changed over the years. And also one thing about long-term care that's different than like a mortality rate of insurance, which would be for death insurance or life insurance, is the choice to use long-term care sometimes is a personal choice to use it, not necessarily, you know, a debilitating illness or, you know, you're not being able to do the activities of daily living. Sometimes you you might not be able to do those, but you're having help from family members. And so you may say, you know what, I don't want to be burdened to them. I'm going to choose to activate my policy. Very hard for actuaries to have tables about people's uh, behavioral choices. So that's why long-term care has had to raise their rates and raise them substantially. A client of ours got a letter from their long-term care policy. She had this before she became a client of ours. And they told her for the next three years, we're raising your rate for your insurance by 22% each year for three years in a row. So Hmm. that's not a 66% increase if you add it up. That's actually an 85% increase when you multiply the compounding effect. So she had to modify the policy, which you can do. So if you got a rate increase in your long-term care, remember, you can modify the policy. Four things that you can change is how long it pays, the amount it pays, the inflation rate, and then they call your wait period, which is the time you have to wait of being in a long-term care facility or environment before you can activate the policy. So by changing those around, you can reduce your premiums. But it just is a very sore subject for people when they budgeted this amount and all of a sudden out of left field, it goes up substantially. And uh, we don't like that to happen on our clients, which is why we look at alternatives to traditional long-term care that won't go up, that'll be there in place for them to use. Uh, And if they don't use it, it still goes to their families. Another person who might be a victim of not reading the fine print might say something like, well, the fees in this annuity are a lot higher than I was told. And we have to be careful there. When we talk about fees and annuities, we're really talking about our fees in a variable annuity. Most fixed annuities or I would say all fixed annuities don't carry with them fees unless you add something that uh, requires a fee, like you add a rider. 
that'll guarantee growth or something like that. But in a variable annuity, a lot of people don't understand all the fees. So when they come in and meet with us and they have a variable annuity, we have a, a very easy sheet that we call the company and we answer some of the questions. And we illuminate the client on what they're actually paying to make sure that they understood what they were paying. A lot of times they they don't. You know, I equate this to, you know, a friend of mine uh, on an impulse purchase bought a, bought a nice car. And because he looked at the lease payment and the lease payment was about the same as his current car, but the new car was very, very nice. But the salesperson never told him that the oil change for that car was three times as much as a traditional oil change. And the tires, which ran out a lot sooner, were about four times more expensive than traditional tires because he was in a sports model car. And so his costs were much higher than his existing vehicle. But that was not brought up because, you know, he was looking at the car and they were selling them on the appeal of the car, you know, the sizzle, if you will, not the substance. So if you have a variable annuity, you need to understand what the fee structure is. You need to understand what you're paying for and if it's worth paying for that. If not, you look at some alternatives of what to do with that. So if you have a variable annuity and you want to know that, come in and meet with us and we'll illuminate you and let you know exactly what you're paying for that variable annuities and see if it's worthwhile for you. I think uh, the old saying is, the sales brochure giveth and the fine print taketh away. And that's exactly what you're talking about there with, you know, you're buying the sizzle and, you know, the substance is not necessarily so great. Again, if, if you have an annuity already and you don't really know what it does or what the fees look like, certainly getting some analysis on that to help you understand what you have and whether or not it's a good fit for you is a worthwhile activity. Reach out let us know you'd like that analysis. 515-226-1500 is the number to call. That's 515-226-1500. Another fine print issue might be somebody who says something like this. The mutual fund had done really well for the last several years, but it tanked as soon as I got into it. Yeah, that's what we call the uh, the cooler effect. You know, <laughs> there's a movie, uh, it was kind of a Vegas mob type movie, but there was a guy they hired that was called The Cooler. And he was the most unlucky person that they had ever met. And they kept him on retainer. And if somebody was getting a hot hand or something like that, all he had to do was just walk by and just touch the person on the shoulder or something like that. And their luck immediately turned. So it was kind of a funny analogy. I, yeah. I sometimes joke with clients and say, yeah, you probably have that effect on, on your investment sometimes, or it feels like it at least. But the explanation for this could be that when a fund does really well, and it's, you know, getting touted by Money Magazine and the online, you know, chat rooms or whatever, however you get your information, all of a sudden it tracks money. And the problem with the mutual fund is the more money it has, it has to position that somewhere, which means it's got to buy more stocks and bonds and things like that. Well, there's a limitation how much it can own in any one stock. And so they start to have to look for other things. And some of those things may not be as opportunistic as what they had when they were smaller. So sometimes the larger a fund gets, the less it does or the less performance it has. Also, you could have a replacement of the manager. You know, if you're a hot stock picker in a mutual fund, a lot of times a couple of years of performance, you can say, you know what, I'm going to go out on my own. And because you have a name made, you can walk across the street, open up your own business, and money will just flow to you from all the people that were happy with what you did at the mutual fund. So sometimes that's also for it, too. So before you invest in a mutual fund, you want to check and make sure about manager tenure, see if the person that's running the fund or the team running the fund currently is responsible for those performances, and then look at size as well. But here, Peterson Financial Group, we're not a huge proponent of mutual funds just because there's you have the actions of others can still impact you. So in other words, if 
you think the fund is doing well and you're you understand the risks in it you're going to hold on to that fund but a lot of people disagree with you and sell the fund their sales can still impact you because you don't own the securities individually you own shares of that mutual fund and so those mutual fund shares can go down by people selling if you're in what we call a separately managed account which is more of the uh, investment advisory direction on the fiduciary standard then when they create a separately managed account for you you own those shares that are inside of that account so if two people have the same separately managed account but one person sells it doesn't impact the other person your sales don't affect somebody else because you own those individual things you know huge tax efficiencies huge economy of scale efficiencies those types of things as well so that's why uh, we recommend separately managed accounts as opposed to mutual funds in our practice for our clients Again, if you're not sure how efficient your portfolio is for you and you'd like an analysis done on that, reach out to us. 515-226-1500 is that number to call. 515-226-1500. You can also find Eric online at askericpeterson.com. We're talking about reading the fine print and how you need to be sure you understand what you're getting into anytime you get a new investment of any sort. Be sure you know how it works and how it benefits you and you know what the downsides are. There's nothing that's completely without downside. So be sure you're okay with those downsides, no matter what it is. Here's another one we might hear, Eric. My life insurance suddenly got really expensive as soon as I turned 65. Well, if it did, then what you have is you have a life insurance policy that is not, you're not uh, minimally funding it. And so you're not putting in the same amount to fund it all throughout the years that you want it properly structured is what I call it. So when you hit the older ages, what happens is your cost of insurance starts to increase because the you know company knows, hey, you have a higher probability that you might you know pass away. So they can start charging a little bit more. Or a lot of times it's people that have term insurance that has uh, gone past its uh, original amount of years. Let's say you took out a 10-year term insurance. So the first 10 years, your premiums were set, but after that, it ratchets it up every year. And 65 is a big one. So typically, they increase substantially from 65 and beyond. So understanding what you have from an insurance standpoint and then understanding you know, what you can put in place to try and keep premiums level for all years is really eye-opening to a lot of people. And that's what we do here when people meet with us. Because insurance is it's a great tool. It's one of the only things that you can have that can have tax-free distributions from a death benefit standpoint. But also properly structured, you could have tax-free distributions from an income standpoint, so living benefits as well. So you just have to understand it. So before you start canceling insurance or terminating insurance policies, see if improving them a certain way can maybe be beneficial to you. And that's what we'll answer here when you come in and meet with us. So don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, so to speak. Get a, a review of your insurance to see if changing it might be more advantageous for you as opposed to just canceling it. Yeah, and it's one of those things where you could very well keep the same coverage that you have now, but pay less for it. Or you could continue paying what you're paying, but get more coverage than you currently have. So it certainly is worth an analysis on that. 515-226-1500 is the number to call. That's 515-226-1500. Last one we'll mention here, Eric, and we're talking about reading the fine print. I know you've heard people say this before. You know, I wanted to get some money out of this REIT, but they're telling me I can't have it back right now. I guess you should probably give us first a quick primer on what a REIT is and uh, explain why sometimes getting money out of that particular vehicle might be problematic. Well, REIT stands for Real Estate Investment Trust. And these are popular from a lot of what I call brokers out there, people that are on the 
suitability standard of care, not on the fiduciary standard. And they paid decent commissions to the people that sold them. And what it was meant to do is to give people a diversification away from traditional things like stocks and bonds and mutual funds, those types of things, because it's investing in real estate. And what you do is you pool your money with other people and you become a limited partner. The master partners are the ones that control it. So that's going to be a large company normally that specializes in real estate. And what they do is they take all this money together and they go and they purchase some buildings. Could be shopping malls, could be medical facilities, could be supermarkets, could be office buildings or a combination of all of those. So the prospectus will tell you what kind of buildings they're looking to invest in. So they buy the building and then they try to lease out the space. So they lease the spaces to companies and they collect rents and then they send some of those rents back in the form of dividends to the REIT holders. And so that's why REITs will show that they kind of have some cash flow component to it. But underlying what's happening sometimes is the companies will use leverage, which means they'll borrow against the buildings to try and maintain that cash flow. And at some point in the future, what they'll do is they'll sell the buildings. And so that's when you get out of the REIT. When you either sell all the buildings, collect the money for that, and distribute it to all the REIT holders, or they go what's called public with the REIT. So most REITs are private, which means they're not traded on an open exchange. When they go public, then you can trade your shares, which means there's a, a market for that. And so then you get whatever price is valued based on the buildings. So the issue was a few years ago during the financial crisis, what happened to real estate? It got kind of beat up, right? So people wanted out of their REITs and they're finding out the master partners were saying, no, we're not going to sell the buildings at these depressed levels. And we may have to cut dividends because we've had, uh, you know, corporations which have not renewed their leases or broke their leases and, you know, went out of business, those types of things. So there's a whole host of, of issues that happen. You know, Warren Buffett has famously said, when the tide goes out, you can see who's been swimming naked, right? Well, yeah, we all found that out last time you went to the Bahamas. <laughs> yeah, that so issue. that's, you know, what happened. So if the tide is in and everyone is in the water, you don't know that. And so it's, a, it's an investing thing. So when that goes out, you can see who's not in a good position, okay? So that's what kind of happened to real estate investment trusts. And then people say, heck, I just want out of this. And being told that you can't get your money is, it's adding insult to injury if you think about that. You know, one thing that people say about using annuities just to, because they always kind of equate the same thing. If you own an annuity and you want out of your annuity, the company will gladly buy it back from you. They're just going to penalize you for breaking the contract. Versus a real estate investment trust, if you want out of it, the master partners may say no, and so you're stuck with it. There's no way you can sell it. But sometimes there's companies that come in and try to, what I call scalp. They try to you know, take advantage of people who just went out and give them a very lowball price just to get control of that REIT. So that is highly unfavorable, and usually you're getting back a lot less than what you ever put in. So there's difference in liquidity and investments. Just understand when you put money into investments that offer limited liquidity, how do I get out? What's my exit strategy? And those are things you really need to understand before you sign on the paperwork and you put money into those accounts. Understand what your exit strategy is, and it doesn't meet your needs, then don't go into it. And a lot of people, had they known about the exit strategy on REITs, probably not went into them in the first place. You've been listening to the Retirement Ready Podcast. If you have questions about what you've heard on today's podcast and would like to schedule a complimentary retirement readiness review with Eric Peterson and the team at Peterson Financial Group, call now. 515-226-1500 is the number to dial. That's 515-226-1500. 
They are Iowa's retirement specialists and standing by to help you achieve your financial and retirement goals. Want to ask a question online? Visit the team at askericpeterson.com. Thanks for listening to the Retirement Ready Podcast, making sure that you're retirement ready. Peterson Financial Group is an independent financial services firm that helps people create retirement strategies every day using a variety of insurance and investment products to meet their specific goals. We are not permitted to offer and no statement made during this show shall constitute tax or legal advice. You should talk to a qualified professional before making any decisions about your personal situation. The information presented is not a solicitation for the purchase or sale of securities or investment strategies. We are not affiliated with the U.S. government or any governmental agency. Investing involves risk, including the loss of principal. No investment strategy can guarantee a profit or protect against loss in periods of declining values. Any references to protection benefits or lifetime income generally refer to fixed insurance products, never securities or investment products. Insurance and annuity product guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims-paying ability of the issuing insurance company. Investment advisory services offered through Peterson Financial Group, Inc., a registered investment advisor.